Steely Dan and Broker Talk. How are we all doing? We're the number one weekly real estate podcast hosted by industry experts. We are socially distancing and broadcasting today from the Castles Unlimited blimp, hovering over Boston, Massachusetts. You can listen to our past shows when you go to broker-talk.com. Broker Talk is sponsored today by the mighty realtors of Castles Unlimited and the mighty savage wiener gourmet steak hot dogs. How you doing, Larry? I'm doing excellent, Jim. Beautiful fall day here in New England. Uh, we still are socially distanced, getting so very close to that election. Um, a couple of things happened this week in real estate. One of them was the moratorium on evictions in Massachusetts went away. So there, uh, now that is going to begin to work its way through our market as well. Um, do you have any other um, real estate news, Jim, before we get to, to our fabulous guest today? Um, nothing that I want to talk about. <laughs> it sounds like a personal thing, right? No, it, 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 it's definitely not. It has to do with... Uh, Actually, I might as well talk about it, and then we can talk about it also with our guest. Um, uh, EXP, one of the virtual brands out there, uh, is opening uh, up in South Africa. Wow, it's going to go international. Good for them. Yep. Um, our guest today uh, is Mark Holt. Mark's a kind of a um, special guy. He does a variety of different things. He's a tech guru and he's a realtor and he is a politician. Um, oh, yes. You know, you, you've been a state representative, I think it was, and right now you are on the National Association of Realtors, NARS uh, Committee on uh, for Taxes. Uh, philanthropist. Are you a philanthropist as well, Mark? Yes. Welcome aboard. Oh, I've had the opportunity to be the, the realtor team captain for Massachusetts Pan Mass Challenge. This is the big annual bike ride, which went virtual this year, that I believe has brought in over $600 million for cancer research to the Dana-Farber Institute. Seriously? So that's, uh, that's so, my it's, so it's all on Peloton bikes now? <laughs> uh, this year, it was pretty much go bike someplace and, and raise some money, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't simultaneous. But next year, we'll be back in the saddle. Well, pretty much just like the marathon was. I mean, you went out and ran your own marathon. You had to do it within a couple of days or during one week, I think it was. Um, yeah, of course, with 7,000 bike riders, it's a real big social event, 11,000 yeah. volunteers, uh, and a quarter million people donate every year. So it's a real institution here in Massachusetts, and it supports uh, research, cures, and of course, all the employment that comes out of our, our, our industry, which um, comes back and shows itself in real estate demand around the Boston um, medical uh, I, I think um, uh, quite often people don't realize how philanthropic uh, the real estate industry is for its community, but we work in these communities and and uh, I support a number of pan mass people and some of them that uh, don't ride bikes <laughs> um, who, who still are part of teams. 
But let's talk just for a, uh, a moment about your work in the tax, um, uh, for the tax committee, for NAR. So in 2017, uh, we lost um, a tax uh, incentive. So explain what happened between 2017 and, uh, if you can, briefly. Right, as part of the tax reform of 2017, uh, there was a movement to uh, reduce and limit uh, deductions for real estate ownership, uh, mortgages, interest, and that actually showed up in, in income taxes within states. And uh, the effect was that we lost an argument in real estate that home ownership had a, a federal tax benefit. Um, it's a little complicated. It's still there, but for most people with very high standard deductions and a $10,000 cap on um, SALT deductions, there's, there's really no deductibility. So in response to that, uh, we, we want to get back in and, and put some incentives in place uh, for home ownership here in the United States within our federal tax code. And we, we've had that for, for decades. Um, uh, what I specifically am working on as a subcommittee to take a look at what we really need um, is more real estate construction and rehab. We've been short a, a million units of production ever since the Great Recession. Um, when the Great Recession hit 12 years ago, we lost people in the construction trades. We lost people who were um, uh, plumbers and electricians. We also lost uh, production in lumber, drywall, electrical supplies, copper, everything. So what we're seeing now with just a little bit of a rebound in demand, um, the price of lumber's uh, gone up 140% um, just this year. And that ends up costing people $14,000 and just two by fours for a new home build. So what I proposed is that we take a look at bringing down the type of um, rehab and new construction benefits that a lot of developers get. And we know these tax breaks, right? Donald Trump received one, uh, big corporations received them, and try to bring these down to the end buyer to get more demand from people to think about building rather than chasing it in. And uh, there, there's another big effect of this, which I think is a benefit, which is when communities put real property improvements, uh, privately owned, not streets, bridges, and nonprofits, but offices and homes, they, they increase the tax base. And right. uh, our communities rely upon that for firemen, schools, teachers, public safety, and COVID relief. So I think it's really important that we come out here as realtors to say, we want, we want new construction, just not because there's a lack of inventory, but it's actually really good for our communities and it's fantastic for the economy. Every new home construction start in America generates a million dollars of economic activity around it. I think people people uh, often, uh, the homeowners, American homeowners are taxpayers. The government knows where you are. You're not leaving your house. So this is the backbone of our economy, and it always has been. So in your house, everything that you bought came from somewhere. Uh, your food that you bring in, your car that you use, um, all of this is part of our economy. So this work that you're doing is very important. Yeah, so we're going to have, a, uh, uh, we've hired PricewaterhouseCoopers. This is the National Association of Realtors to come back with a study. It should be back next week in draft. Um, you know, what I was thinking of is the tax credits people were able to receive for purchasing an electric car, for putting a solar array on their home. Um, the difference between tax credits for things like solar arrays and home construction is most of those solar components are sourced and manufactured overseas, whereas almost every component that goes into an American home that's built 
is domestic uh, materials. Um, the few exceptions might be imported marble um, from around the world, but the copper, the lumber, the sheetrock, the drywall, and of course all the labor is domestic. So about 97% of the input is domestic. I don't know, I'm gonna argue with you about that. Most mm -hmm. of the people that were doing the framing on my house couldn't speak a word of English. <laughs> well, <laughs> but they're here in the country and they should be paying taxes. Uh, that's a, that's another issue, but yeah, yeah. But they're spending their wages. Well, they are expecting spending their money home is what I heard. Some of it as well. I mean, that that is an issue. Don't want to get off track. Yeah, that's yeah. a very good point. That's a little off track. I, I think that's really uh, important, and and I appreciate the work that you're you're doing on that for for all of us. But let's get to let's move on to your your uh, actual one of your original passions is the MLS assistant. Uh, that started in what was it two thousand and one? Was uh, it actually the year two thousand? Um, as the internet one came out. Uh, our state president, Fred Meyer, who's still in the business in Cambridge, asked me, because I was doing some technical programming, if I could produce the ability for his clients to search the MLS online rather than faxing, printing, mailing, or doing a lot of things over the phone. Uh, that was a new idea. Uh, I went out there and did it, and we ended up uh, putting together uh, services for about 2,000 agents, realtors, and um, over a million consumers came forward. So the result over 20 years has been about seven or 8 billion uh, messages that have gone out to people. So the first thing we really did was say, here's the MLS data, let's get that out and make sense of it. Let's match it against the search that a buyer has. And let's just simply generate an email every day to let people know from their trusted realtor uh, what new inventory came on the market the day before, what's under contract. And it was extremely popular. Um, and it still is. I mean, uh, the, the information flow getting to buyers and sellers is crucial. Uh, I think, unfortunately, what's been lost with the dominance of Zillow and Trulia and others is that that information is not coming from your trusted realtor. That's coming from a portal that doesn't have a code of ethics. There's no uh, fiduciary responsibility that they have to the consumer. And in fact, the consumer is the product on those platforms, not the client. So we're working really hard to bring this back in so that when a person receives information, it's reliable, it's trusted, and they can click a button and speak to their trusted real estate professional about that information that's coming forward and take action on it. So it, it's really essentially a search tool that you made, a proprietary search tool uh, used by specific agents. Do I understand that correctly? Yeah, I would say, I mean, we're, we're kind of defining all this now as a real estate data platform. Uh, there's lots of information out there. There's, there's stuff from the MLS, there's stuff that's um, from agents directly. There's obviously a lot of public record sets. And there's a lot of economic data that comes in as well that really helps people or should be helping people make the right decisions. I sent you a couple links if you want to bring them up on a, on a screen or let me do a screen share. I can kind of show you certainly what we've been doing now with the data platform. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll let you uh, share here. Let me just set you up for that. Right there, me. There you go. Right. Okay. Okay. So, so you can show yours. I'm gonna to go to Google Chrome. Great. All right. Can you see my uh, screen? Yes. Yes. Okay. So Larry, this is actually a website that I built for you. Um, <coughs> there you are, right up here. You can oh, see me on the screen. 
So this is actually a, one of the listings in, in your office, isn't it, Jim? In Lexington, I believe. Um, so here you are, and of course, everybody expects to see pictures from the MLS, remarks from the listing agent, maps, lots of MLS data. Um, goes on and on and on. And what we, we felt was really missing was a uh, compliant valuation model to present to people. Now, as MLS participants, when we do things with our IDX websites, we need to stick with the asking price of the listing broker. And so you really can't go out there and throw some wild guess at it the way Zillow might and then put people off the trail. So what we decided to do was actually pin the price on the chart against the asking price of the listing price by the listing agent. We don't wanna be in an argument with them. We, we believe the listing agents actually get the prices really, really good. So what we're able to do here is we're able to go back and trend um, both the median price in the community and also the home price index over time uh, going all the way back to uh, a I believe we can actually go back to 20 years on this. It doesn't follow it exactly, but it follows it very similarly, doesn't it? Yeah. And so if we go and take a look at what, what Zillow's doing with the same um, information, we, we see these big jumps that they're doing, right? And they're coming up with uh, a price that's pretty close right now to the asking price. What we've noticed they've been doing is if they had said a million, a million, a million, and it got listed for 2.4 million, they just spike and hockey stick the price on their charts. So this doesn't really help people understand because I don't really think that the values jump so dramatically between you know here and here. It's just that they're getting data and price points, and it shows you how their model is really not consistent over time. You know, well, I think it's infected by the fact that they use the data from from the registry of deeds, but then they also use the the listing prices and listing prices. You're saying that agents are good. Sometimes agents aren't doing that. Sometimes the the consumer is doing that. And if it's a for sale by owner or something like that, they're using um what's a consistent model, which is called the same the home resale price index model, which is if you look at every home for the past hundred years, uh, when was it purchased, when was it sold, and then you kind of chart that over time, you come up with what's basically the index value for real estate values in a community. It has nothing to do with a specific property, because in this case, we probably can expect that there was a tear down or improvements that have been done to this property. And that's why Zillow charts are all over the place. And we keep saying they don't understand the current present condition of the property. So what we do with our charts is we take that into account by basically starting these trend analysis at the listing price, which is actually a requirement under IDX. So we could start to ask some questions like, well, if this home sold, uh, let's look at Zillow's uh, information for $1 million in 2013, does uh, that fit on the uh, index? Excuse me, I got to get this out of the way. So let's go back to 2013. And we actually see, it's just going to pop up for me. We actually have a valuation of 1.8 million. Now I'm just taking a look at this listing and I can tell that it was a, a teardown rebuild, you know, looking at the year build date on it. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. In the way so, they, so you have this big jump in the improvement on the property, 
which Zillow just doesn't comprehend. And that's why you see these big spikes from here. You know, right. And anyone casually looking at it, I'd say, oh, my God, mm-hmm. look at this incredible jump in valuation. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not even for the same property. It's not the same house. Yeah, that's correct. So let's let's pay one of our bills, and then what I want to do when we come back from from this, if if you stop sharing your screen for a moment, sure. um, then we can we can get to what you're working on right now, which is uh, which is even more exciting. Uh, yeah. So w- one of the things that we learned over just a second, we're searching for a new home, you want to be working with a realtor with years of experience, a professional with intimate knowledge of the communities that you are considering moving to, and someone who really wants to represent you as a buyer in what is probably the largest investment you will ever make in your lifetime. The Realtors at Castles Unlimited want to be your choice when you're ready to make your next move. Please visit us at castlesunlimited.com or call us anytime at 800-967-3561. The Realtors at Castles Unlimited are here to help your next purchase, lease, or sale of any real estate, the easiest decision you've ever made. Start your search anytime, 24-7 at castlesunlimited.com. And I have one more. Uh, we're also sponsored today by the Savage Wiener. The perfect grilling treat is the Savage Wiener Gourmet Steak Hot Dog. Go to the SavageWiener.com and use broker, uh, excuse me, use discount code BROKERTALK to receive 20% off your order of eight or more packages of four of their delicious steak wieners. They ship. That's the SavageWiener.com. And thank you to both of our sponsors. Um, so, Mark, uh, you, we could actually have had complete shows on all three different things, but I wanted to save some time here for what you're working on right now, Loretta. And could you talk a little bit about that program? Yeah, sure. So, L- Loretta is our new um, automated artificial intelligence machine that we're producing to add some more intelligence on top of that real estate data platform. And it's just an extension of things we've been doing for years, which is just taking a look at information, the needs of a consumer, and matching things up a little bit better. I have to be honest, is is a lot of money goes into artificial intelligence. Um, We're finding that people, especially realtors, are just way better than machine is right now. So what we're doing with the platform is helping work on introductions between people through uh, simple um, business, virtual business card introductions. We have a new app called Cardboard that's coming out and it lets you safely exchange or collect information from someone who you're standing six feet away from or maybe 60 miles and just reciprocate into each other's contact books. And from there, the agent can stage up uh, and also the consumer what they think their intentions are and what Loretta does is it kind of looks at what people are doing online. It looks at inventory and it tries to kind of come up with some suggestions that it's going to present to the realtor in terms of a goodness of fit for someone. And the whole point is to get the right property from the right people and, and schedule an in-person showing. Um, so consequently, it's very difficult if people say, well, I'm looking for everything within 60 miles of uh, greater Boston. It's too much information. And so we really have to start to think about goodness of fit and running that past the realtor and say, would this be an appropriate thing to text message someone from your phone to them uh, with a high touch of value proposition on it? Um, if I have a chance, I know we're running late, but you can go. Can you to- demonstrate Loretta? Quickly? Yeah, please. Yeah, I, I can. I, if I can bring up um, uh, a screen share again. Yeah, or- yeah go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, 
I have to actually bring up um, um, the squared off my iPhone, actually. I guess I could share a video that I produced on this. Um, yeah. How about, how about I set up a video? How about I show you a video of this thing in action? That's going to be easier for me. Uh, easier for you. Well. Yeah, I was going to bring up my actual phone, which I can try to do, but I, I think it's a little bit rough. But let me, um, <laughs> let me just bring up a video for you. Uh, Here on this show, it is all about you, Mark. <laughs> Thanks. I was just chatting back and forth with a... Um, a virtual assistant. Um, somebody who is looking... We can, we can edit this all out. And, and oh, okay, cool. If we have a moment... Um, I was kidding. It, it never no, gets no, this is a live show. Come on. <laughs> People are watching us right now. Going, or, or oh, not. my God. What is wrong with these guys? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it's a drinking game. Watching this show has created its own drinking game. Yeah, <laughs> for every minute that they don't do anything I'm except stare at the screen, another shot of tequila. Right. You're right. When will it go off the rails? <laughs> and who will be the reason? Mark, are you still with us? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to pull up the video. Okay, well, let's let's shift to something else because we only have like a minute. <laughs> we'll do that on another show. So anyway, yeah, it is it is a uh, a better valuation tool, a more interesting look at at the way uh, so many agents want to get it right. I think agents quite often are getting it better than they used to. What do you think, Jim? Uh, as far as um, nailing valuations, yeah, this is a funny market. I mean, I, I, I just tell everyone price it as low as you possibly can, and then you know you'll get what thirty offers. Yeah, it, it's. Uh, I was yeah. on a call um, with Realm yesterday, and that's uh, I guess at this point international after like two months, um, and and they're they're seeing uh, just multiple offers everywhere. It's, yeah, there's, yeah. There's, there's no shortage because of the uh, low interest rates and shortage of inventory. Shortage of inter inventory, low interest rates are going to stay through the end of certainly through the election and probably through uh, through the summer. Well, that's why those lumber uh, in lumber cost increases. Right. It, it's almost de minimis. I mean, it's it's just being absorbed in. Uh, people are overbidding so much that, you know, what is it, ten, twenty thousand dollars more for uh, two by sixes or whatever is going in trusses. Yeah. Doesn't matter. My, my my favorite is the agent on, on on one of those properties. They're they're all on Facebook saying, "Look what I did!" And I said, "Well, you didn't really do anything. You didn't do anything for you, <laughs> you know. Yeah, if you didn't do it, so market. if, if you market have a property goes. that's on the market for sixty days, you are not priced correctly. So, or the house just isn't built yet. Yeah. I actually am showing one that's just about ready, slow." slow construction but um the guy wants to pay three million put robots in it and sell it for six million and he says he's done it before put robots like, robots well, what kind of robots you got he's looking around and we're going to put a ramp here it can be a steep ramp doesn't do stairs but it'll do a steep ramp and it'll 
it'll do everything. It'll wash your dishes. It'll vacuum your floor. It'll cook your dinner. It'll, I don't know. I'm, we, I'm, we just keep stay, getting... stay tuned because I actually asked him to come on the, the podcast. If you could take a $3 million house and turn it into a $6 million house, that's because you put some robots into it. We are getting closer and closer to the Jetsons. I, I literally said to him, I, I, I want my flying car. He said, yeah. oh, they have those already. I go, yeah. But Rosie. They're, not fly, they're not flying around Boston yet. Yeah, yeah Rosie. That's, a, that's going to be the name of the first robot. Isn't that the robot from Jetson? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a little clunky, though. So, Mark, you with us? or? I am. I, I, I texted myself and... Uh, I'm sure it's very popular for a lot of people that both use iPhones and Macintoshes. And this is your artificial intelligence we're talking about? Uh, this is actually the introduction portion where we um, stage up uh, a mobile-to-mobile introduction between uh, uh, oh, that's cardboard. myself here. But I can show it if I can bring in my... Uh, well, that's cardboard. We were, we were looking for uh, yeah. Loretta. Yeah, Loretta is just a data platform, and you actually saw it because she's actually building this data right back here. Well, we haven't seen it on the show. Jim and I, I think, have seen it at different times. Uh, which application? The the cardboard Loretta. application? Yeah. So uh, Loretta is actually just an, an AI assistant. It's an anagram for realtor. We just threw those letters at a wall, and we came back with L-O-R. Oh, cool. Okay. And uh, so it's a virtual assistant. Um but in the background, it's this big data platform that's looking and analyzing information and trying to bring that forward into things such as these better estimate charts. Um, and she's also going to help track introductions between uh, professionals and uh, clients and professionals to professionals. And I can show you how that's being deployed within the Cardboard app. You know, every, everything in data now is about APIs, application programming interfaces. So you put this information over here, this big data stack. And you want to invite lots of software developers and programs to go in and, and, and work on that information. We all have always said we always would like everything in one place. Um, and that's never going to happen. But things should be able to talk to each other really efficiently. Yeah. And so this is this, uh, I think just Twilio took over uh, Sage the other day for $2.5 billion. So there's real validation in storing information for a client and then allowing other applications to come in and work on that. All right. Well, let's talk about this in the uh, post-show. Sure. Uh, Yes, Larry? No, go ahead. You were, you're going to. No, I was just going to end because we're so far over the time. You Mm -hmm. want to say anything before I. I want to thank Jim. Take us out. I thank, thank you, Jim. I also want to thank Mark because he's our guest. (laughs) Okay. There's another drink, everybody. There's another. (laughs) At least, at least two drinks. Broker Talk is a weekly podcast hosted by real estate industry professionals and always dedicated to telling it like it is. We're teachers of the business and students of the industry. I'm Jim Lowenstern, and my co-host is Larry Lauper. We're signing off today. Uh, yeah, it's uh, take a letter, Maria. I was going to say, take a letter, Loretta. Take a letter.